This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. My name is Rob Crane and here with Chris Valente. Chris, hello. Hello, Rob. What's up? Good Uh, evening to you too, sir. How are things? uh, Oh, things are great. Here's why things are great. You know why? This is one I, we just went through this not that long ago. This is one of my favorite weeks of the year. The Masters starts tomorrow. It feels I, like, uh, it, you know, it just funny. happened. It just happened, right? We just had the Masters. I don't give a damn because <laughs> the Masters starts tomorrow morning mm-hmm. and uh, I am ready to go. I'm going to have like 17 different screens going on. I'm going to do no work and I am going to have the Masters on uh, at all times uh, and I can't wait. Well, if, Rob, I can't if wait. you can watch the Masters all day, you can prospect at night. So, like, there's no yeah, I'll pro- like yeah, whatever. LinkedIn, LinkedIn guy, yeah, that, that LinkedIn guy said, well, you can. Uh, who's gonna win? Who's your, who's your who's your pick? Oh man, that's a great one. I would like. I think the most hated man in golf, Patrick Reed, has a great chance of winning. He is. I just so this is I'm a golf. I, I, this is nerdy, but he's number one in strokes gained and putting. Uh, and he always seems to be in the mix. Uh, and if he gets a hot putter going, uh, Patrick Reed has a chance, and there's a good chance he cheats, well, which at least makes high, a good li- story. High likelihood that he does cheat. <laughs> he, I, I, he is uh, not I'm, a good, he is not a good, well liked human on the PGA tour. No, he's, uh, uh, I think he wears black on Sundays because people are all pissed off at him, uh, but uh, just kind of plays into that. But I guess in college, too, he was uh, a cheater. Knowing, no, you know. He also, like, ban- he like kicked his parents off the courses and stuff. Yeah, like, he's not a good, he's, he, everything he's, you read is not a, like. Well, it, I think it ties back to his wife, apparently. Like, she's a kind of a, a crazy woman, and they just both went nuts, and he's just not a good person. Yeah, that's what it seems, but. Man, that dude can play Speaking golf. Speaking of golf, did you see the Tiger yeah. story? Yeah, it was going like 87 and 87 and 45, and then he hit he hit the tree at 75 miles per hour. He hit the gas. Yeah, instead of hitting the brake. That's crazy. 85 and a 45? That's flying. Yeah, especially on that corner that they showed. And he was driving an SUV. It wasn't like he was driving no, a sports, sports car. car. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, no, no. Bad, bad news. I was, so this is a good segue. How far? No, let's not segue for that. How fast have you ever gotten a car? You driving it? Uh, probably a hundred. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think I've, I think I hit a hundred when I was younger, and that was like okay, I hit a hundred, I'm done. Like I'm the opposite. Um, would you just with zero? <laughs> no, like I'll. 
There was a, there's this, so I was used to live in my brother, uh, we lived uh, when we were kind of between Scranton and Rhode Island. There's, uh, we live in my brother-in-law and sister-in-laws in Sturbridge. And when you get off their exit on 84. Oh yeah, there's, it's wide open. Wide open. Wide and open. And going to their house is perfectly straight and perfectly flat. And I, at the time, had a Dodge Charger. Oh boy. And yeah, baby. And uh, what'd you get that up to? I think like a buck twenty. Yeah, or no, something I, like one fifteen. Because I don't really know because I wasn't looking at the yeah, you speedometer. Yeah, you, you were can't. looking at the, yeah, the thing, so you're just you can kind of like see it quick because you want to go know how fast you're going. But I was unnervingly going fast, and it was so exhilarating. <laughs> it was so good. I was like, I want to go faster and longer. So my wife knows that I love. I I do. I I enjoy. I, I enjoy I enjoy that. So we own for, a NASCAR uh, team. You could go down and go on the track down in Charlotte. Right. So that was the we next own, thing. Like, so Roush performance cars. So anyway, the uh, um, so on that same vein, one year for Christmas or my birthday or something like that, uh, when we were living in Scranton uh, and the Pocono Raceways right there, uh, Amy got me to go into a car. I wasn't driving it. Uh, and they took you around the tricky triangle of uh, Pocono Raceway, and we're going. I don't know how fast do you go on one of those things? A buck forty-five, buck fifty? No higher. No, like probably like a buck eighty. Yeah, right. So yeah. I think they toned it down. So that's what they do in races. So I think it's probably like a buck forty or buck fifty. Fast. And like going into the curves like that, it's like you're sucked up against the uh, uh, against the side. It was awesome. It was awesome. I like to go fast. Ricky Bobby would say, I like to go fast. <laughs> I think uh, I've you, seen that. Oh, have you seen that? I was going to say, have you even seen that? Maybe. Movie? Maybe. The Wonder Bread I th- car? I, yeah. I think so. I think I did. I think no, I, did. I, I, I would go faster than 100. Um, I just lived in New Jersey, so it really wasn't, there was no real conducive area to be doing that. Uh, but yeah, I, I would be, I'm with you. I'd get me and there was one car. time in Scranton, not in Scranton, Omaha, when you got off the exit and then went to the ballpark. Everything's straight in Nebraska, right? Oh, well, and, yeah. And uh, going to the ballpark. It was like one time you had to be at the ballpark at like 6 in the morning or something. I did the same thing. I, you know, Somewhere between like say 105 and 115 or 120. Because at the time, right, you don't know how fast you're going because you're Your you know, white knuckled on, yeah. uh, on the steering wheel. I hope wheel your and, insurance company's not listening to this. <laughs> Well, my wife is, wife and it's Amika. It. Yeah. It's Amika, and she works for it, but she she knows what she got into. I'm working. I'm trying. I'm working her at company to try and get involved with Fenway for a little something, something. But we'll see. All right. Uh, how did you want a segue that I uh, ruined your segue? I don't remember. Oh, golf, Tiger office. I was in the office today. <laughs> Great job yeah, of getting no, a, like, building oh, blocks of a conversation. So, yeah, I was in the office today for the first time since March 10th. Of last March tenth, walked into the office. Uh, I will say, it didn't feel weird. It didn't feel. It felt like yesterday. Like I never left. And then when I went into the ballpark for the game, it really felt like it. Ha- so I haven't been to a game in eighteen months. Eighteen months. August of two thousand nineteen was the last baseball game I was at. You said that last week, and yeah. it almost floored me. I. I don't, I don't, it didn't feel like I missed a beat. Like I went up, felt like I was there. I saw people I haven't seen in 18 months and like the, like the concession people and like sweet hosts. 
completely felt like it was it's weird time is a weird thing man like i you ever everybody was saying it too like even like the people that I saw in the office were like who just started to come back even though it was a long time it doesn't feel that long even though at times it does it there was some mind trick thing going. it was bizarre like being there felt like it just nothing had changed how was it with five thousand people there um i don't want to get us in trouble or myself in trouble yeah it felt like you could fit a lot more in with no yeah, right. I mean, it was it's it is empty based to the i mean it's thirty-seven thousand people and it's not even five thousand fans that's the 4800 is capacity of like everyone that's in the building so you're talking like me concession people security there is a lot of room i'm just gonna put it there i'm not gonna say yeah. whether what they should do or not do no 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 there's there's it's not six foot there was it's, never it's... a sense where i walked i walked around i there was never like oh they're a little too close like everybody had a it was like going to a private baseball game because i went in only for reason a, a client of mine partner wanted to go in they ended up not coming i had a suite to myself <laughs> like, oh a private suite like because no one else is there was and if you look down the rows of suites the capacity for a suite right now is eight this if someone brings like three people that every it's just it's it's tiny but even though like when a i mean the red sox won again today um and they scored a bunch of runs it it got loud when good things were happening um even when i was in my office across the street when something happened or somebody hit a home run you could hear the crowd so that yeah but it was it was it was less weird than I thought it would be, like with five thousand people in there, because That's it just so weird. felt like a. I don't even say it's weird. It was just, I don't know. It felt like I hadn't left there in eighteen. It was just that was the more bizarre that, thing to me. Really, I uh, I had the opposite feeling when I went to Pawtucket for the first time. It felt like I haven't been there in ages. You know, I walked into the office. And I went there six months ago or whatever. I literally walked in the office and I was like, oh, I felt like I was here last week. Driving in, driving in, like, it was like I was like, you know, it was like riding a bike. It felt like I, like, I knew when to turn. I knew when I had to stop on Sturrow Drive. Where I was gonna... <laughs> it felt like I was doing this every day for the last 18 months. It was really weird, like tr- mind trippy. I had a Fenway Frank in the suite. Um, saw the pizzeria. I, I, there was... There was so much food. <laughs> it, was just, it was just me. I I didn't. Even, I had the friend, my Frank. That was it. I brought the kids home popcorn and and cookies because there was so much food and it was literally. Made. I, I would struggle in that. I would have had have been like six was, pieces of pizza and. I had just yeah. had lunch because it was a day game. So if it was a night game, I would have probably picked the whole time. But I had just went out to lunch with my colleagues, and when I got in there, I wasn't hungry, which is a good thing because I didn't I didn't pick or eat it. And yeah, the other thing too is all the food is individually wrapped. So talk about a pain in the ass for the concessionaire. Everything has its own container or its own wrapping. They have everything is everything is individually wrapped. Uh, like every pretzel is in its like bag, its own bag. Every hot dog is sleeved. Every cookie is in like a container. Everything is everything is closed off. Like so the protocols, you felt like I felt very safe. Everyone had their masks on. It wasn't yeah. a Texas situation. Oh my lord, we can talk about it. But did you see that? Uh, yeah, they had a like, full stadium see pictures? and nobody wore a mask. Nobody. nobody. I wonder what the uh, uh, levels. The, the, there's going to be a little surge. I, I, in, so uh, here's the thing. I hope nothing happens. I hope we're the morons and we're doing it wrong. Right. I, I agree. I hope it's a good case study that we're good to go. A little aggressive, but um, 
I will say the fans at Fenway Park were very well behaved. I so I, here's what I think too. I think it's really cool for them. They get like a pri- you said, it's, it's private. You said private baseball it's, game. You, when are you ever going to go to a baseball game with forty eight hundred people in it? You, you're going to have more that you're going to have double that in pot in in in, in Worcester. Yeah, <laughs> like when things are back to normal, right? Like right. so, like five thousand would be, you know, hopefully it's a crappy Tuesday, right? So like forty eight hundred people at Fenway Park, and you just like I, and you know what? I was listening to people talk, and everyone in the stands was like, "This is really cool." Or like when they were walking, I was like listening to people walk out. They're like, "Oh, that was that was really fun. I'm glad we did this. This was that was a really cool experience." Like, because again, when is that ever going to happen again? Hopefully never. Yeah, so, right. Like, oh. It was cool. It was fine. Like it was bizarrely. Okay, and it wasn't. It didn't feel like it's been forever. That was the weirdest part to me. That is, that's weird to me because I felt, I, I felt weird when it. Well, let's I see. Like you, you didn't go to a game last year, so opening day for you will be a te- like when you see a baseball game again, you might be like, oh yeah, we we didn't play last year. Like wait, what? Like I didn't go to a game last year. I, I'm not gonna lie, it feels like forever since. I know, I but have. you you haven't tested a game out yet. We'll yeah, see. true. We'll see. We we'll see. But um. I give the Red Sox a lot of kudos right now. Do you see those city jerseys? Did I see them? Yes, I did. You can't miss them. They're very yellow. <laughs> They're very yellow. What do you think of them? So I love it. I love them. I love them. I love them. I love them. I I love them. I so here. All right. The re- visceral reaction because I, I went on I went on social media, which I'm 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 trying not to do as much. I just wanted to see like people's reactions. It was not great. And I understand why, because I don't think, first of all, base base NBA's been doing City Connect jerseys for a while now, right? I think they've been doing them yeah, for right. a while. I like the Celtics one. They kind of look like one of the championship banners. I don't think people really know what the City Connect thing meant. We're like, what is this? Like, why is there why is there a yellow jersey and why is there no red? If you didn't read the press release, like Bleacher Report and everyone just posting them with no context... You'd be like, you would be like, what the hell does this even mean, right? Like, yeah, and they're all tied into the marathon. Correct. People from Boston would know that, but most people yeah. didn't. So if you read what like we posted on our Instagram, it explained the yellow and the lettering for the, Bo- the Boylston finish line, the bib with the 617. It was all tied to Patriots weekend and Boston Marathon. It was, it was homage to your city. I think baseball needs to get younger, needs to appeal to a younger generation. Do you think any of that does that? Oh yeah, totally. Jerseys like a jersey's a big like people like uh, there was people who were way younger than us who would were texting me that I know in the industry or we've been mentors to. These are fire. These are amazing. Like that gets them going, right? Like yeah, I, I don't guess. care. I I am I gonna run out and buy one of them because I'm gonna wear a jersey? We've talked about that. we're too old to wear jerseys. Too old to wear jerseys. They gotta be. But older it's than it's you. it's a cultural thing, right? Like it's totally a cultural thing. So. Well, the NBA wouldn't be doing it year after year after year if it wasn't yeah, uh, good for him. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think like you're you're appealing to a much younger demographic with said alternate unis and whatever, and getting out. You're breaking the mold of traditionalists, which is another segue I want to talk to you about right now. Uh, I watched my first, real quick. I want I, I talk about baseball. I watched my first extra inning situation last night. Oh, like, yeah, it's the best, isn't it? The Red Sox went to extra innings last night. And last year, I, did, I will be very honest, I did not watch one extra inning Red Sox baseball game last year. <laughs> they were like, it wasn't, you couldn't watch it. Um, 
It is the best rule change baseball has made. Totally agree. At, outside of the, the universal DH, because they but they got rid of that. This rule better stay because it's not permanently involved. It's only for COVID right now because of COVID protocols. This rule is amazing. I was the rule on, being the rule being that there's someone that starts at second base leading into every the, inning. Uh, every every inning. It's it was, amazing. It was manufactured excitement that's needed. But it's amazing. Like I'm, and like I even like I don't I don't like sports talk radio. But I was listening on the way home because the game ends right then, and I was listening to the main radio station. They were talking about the exact same thing. They were like, "That is the best rule." Like I was on the edge of my seat every inning. Every pitch matters. There's strategy involved. What do you do? Like baseball was like manufactured because you put the guy in second base again, and it was edge of your seat every every at bat. Like it's great. It's great. It's great. Yeah, they did it, what, probably two or three years ago in the minor leagues. And I was anti it because it was like, what are you doing? Like, you're messing oh, with great. it a little bit. And then I experienced it, and it was like, oh, wow. this is. Are you going to bunt? Or are you going to totally. run? It, are you going to and the, yeah, swing and, away? And, are you going to walk them? What are you going to do? The Rays, the Rays didn't bunt, and they, they scored twice. We won the game on a... We were down by one, and we won a game with a hit-by-pitch and a double, which technically shouldn't happen, but because there's a guy on second base, you, we scored the two runs, and we won the game yeah. last night. So, no, I, I think it's fantastic. There is Baseball is the only sport left who was like, you know what, we're going to sit here till midnight and figure out a winner, where the NFL is like, we'll give you 10 minutes, good luck. Figure it out. Sudden death, and that's hockey's like, all right, we played five, didn't work. It's only shootout. three on three. We'll go to a shootout. Basketball's like there's an overtime, there's a time limit, there's, it's going to end. Baseball's like yeah, we'll play 23 innings on April 16th to, out of 162 games to determine who wins this one game. No, like nobody needs that. <laughs> I, I nobody I, needs nobody that. needs it. But that rule is so great. I hope they keep it forever. It's amazing. It's an awesome rule. I I I, I the can't players agree have anymore. to love it. The only players who probably don't love it are pitchers. I would imagine because it definitely changes like. They might not even give up a hit and get a loss. <laughs> like, a yeah. Bu- a button to sacrifice and they, they could lose the game. Like, because then you put the guy on second base. So I get that. But it that. doesn't count as an earned run. I don't think that if that runner scores. Well, you still get the loss. Run. You get a loss. Yeah. You might, you, you get the, you get the loss, but you don't get the earned run at least. So, anyway. but either way, take notice baseball. Change can be good. And the stuff that you guys are doing in the Myers this year with the testing with Theo. A lot of that, I hope, makes its way up here eventually because it just seems like good changes to speed up the game, make it more exciting, and, and put the strategy back into baseball. So baseball's had a big week, right? It's back and it's going and all that stuff. They made some major news with the All-Star game. Uh, yeah, very anti-baseball move. Very, very anti Very anti-traditional baseball move. Traditionally, so for everyone who hasn't heard yet, uh, if you baseball to this, pulled you're, it. You're living under a rock. If you yeah, heard. baseball pulled the All Star Game from Georgia from the voting rights uh, law that was passed there, and the when they do that, right? Like, imagine what the discussions are, right? I think I heard on Sports Business Journal that. You know, Manfred's got like this executive council that he relies on, which is a handful of owners. 
and um, to talk through it. Like the they also had to think like, okay, what is the uh, for everything that we get positive, what is the negative, and what is the reaction going to be, and is it quote unquote worth it? to be on the, you know, kind of leading edge of this. And uh, I'm just interested in what the discussions were like, like to be able, the proverbial fly on the wall listening to those phone conversations and those, you know, Zooms, if uh, Zoom well, discussions. There's, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dissect the law because that's, we'll let Twitter have their, their fun on the right and left. There's obviously been a, a, a systematic and seismic shift in the players in terms of their stances starting last year. Led yeah. by what you would essentially call the face of baseball now, Mookie Betts, right? Um, yeah. Mookie Betts is probably one of the most recognizable players in the sport and happens to be an African-American and has a very, very powerful voice. If you haven't watched that documentary yet, I know you haven't, others out there... Yeah. The day sports stood still, Mookie is in that documentary quite frequently talking about social justice and his stance with George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, etc. Uh, he was one of the few players that kneeled last year, um, and he he carries a big voice. Tony Clark is also the head of MLBPA, also an African American. I, I I would imagine that that resonates to a lot of the players. Um, yeah. The the more so it, that. It, would to necessarily the ownership <laughs> if you're going to look at demographics yeah, right. and statistics of and so forth and i think baseball made a decision last year to stand behind their players um we put black lives matter on the mound we put black lives matter in the in outside fenway now has black lives matter permanently on the facade you can't do those things and then ring hollow right like so either yeah you can't put the big banner up of cross fenway and then say or you know, all well, you can't be. You can't be. To. We've talked about. It. You can't be half pregnant. Yeah, right. It's either you're in or you're not. And there's going to be financial consequences when you do these types of things, and there's going to be visceral reactions when you do these type of things. I, there's. It's, it's a very. It's obviously. It's a very tricky situation because there is going to be people that are, are unfortunately negatively affected by the game leaving Atlanta, such as small business owners, restaurant workers, hotels. Etc. Like that is definitely a repercussion and fallout from this because they were planning on having the All Star Game and it's worth a lot of money locally for some people because Airbnbs were probably going to get like people like it just it's an economic seismic shift to go from there now to Denver, Colorado for those people. Logistically, it's a it's a nightmare. Sponsors have to who had plans and all the stuff based around being in Atlanta have to move that all now to Colorado. It's a it was a massive decision. The thing that I said why I was at anti-MLB, it was made very quick. Very quick. Like, very quickly. And to your point, I don't, I don't know what the discussions were behind the scenes. It was very NBA-ish, right? Yeah, like, I give them a lot of credit. Like, NBA was like, oh, bathroom laws in Charlotte, bye-bye, all-star game. Like, right? Like, they didn't, like, they don't waste two seconds. MLB usually, like, either goes too far, like, it waits too yeah, long. Yeah, they would have waited till 2030 to respond. <laughs> like, oh, there was this voter change? What? Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, look, it's a it's a it's a hot button topic. Uh, looking at it from our lens and the sports business lens of things, I will assure you, not every sponsor is going to be happy with said decision. Oh, I was telling one of my colleagues, uh, and I was like, 
imagine you're in the corporate partnership um, or in the ticket sales department of the Atlanta Braves today. People, I'm sure they leverage buy season tickets and then you can get all-star game tickets. I wouldn't have bought all-star game. Blah, blah, blah. Sponsors. Sponsors. Home run derby. Oh, that's going to look great. That's going to look great. Oh, man. And I'm sure there's some people who are on the other side of the aisle on that one who own those companies. And the phone, I, whoo, baby. Imagine getting those phone calls. It's like, hey, I can't do anything about it, right? But, like, yeah, you got to take the wrath And the of, Braves, not going to lie, the Braves press release, not the greatest. Yeah, they weren't thrilled. Right, which is fine, but like, again, you can't be half pregnant. Everybody, there's 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 x amount of teams in Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is the entity. You're all part of that. Like, and also like, the Braves have a pretty significant roster full of um, minority players as well. Like Ronald Acuna, like also a massive star. Like, I don't know, like that dangerous territory to be flying in the face of your Just... players. I don't know. It's obviously. Look, you and I are not smart enough to break down the like the voter suppression laws that they passed and whether or not they're more archaic than others. Was like, I'm not getting into that argument because I don't want to. Yeah, it's definitely a sports business seismic shift for Major League Baseball. Like, I agree. I also has think stayed out of that stuff forever. It's also part like of being the guy, right? Manfred's got to make that decision. Man, that I don't envy at all. So I, no, and but I also do. I, it gives me a little hope that that is kind of an olive branch to the players and the players' union, of like, hey guys, like we're with you, like we did this, we reacted, we did it for you too, like we support you because there's a negotiation coming up fairly soon. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the everything expires at the end of the December first. Um, so I think like that that could help. It should help uh, if, if you're on the player side. It's like, oh, well, thank you. Like, uh, we appreciate that. Because like, the MLB could have been like, no, the All-Star game's there. And then you could have a situation where, like, Mookie Betts is like, I ain't going. Um, and then, what? like, you just, they avoided catastrophe from that regard. But there's definitely fallout on the business side. But we've talked about this. Like, our organization, first and foremost, says, if you don't like it, and we're doing what we think is right, you can kind of piss right off, right? Yeah. <laughs> you take your money elsewhere. In. Take your money elsewhere. If you're willing to do that, it's much easier to do the right thing. Yeah. If it's driven by money, it's really hard to do the right thing. That's just in generally in life. You're right. You're right. You're right. And uh, I give them credit. I, I give them. I give them credit. I mean, to make a decision like that with that kind of impact. Um, and now you say you got, you know, there's governors banning, you know, uh, we're never going to have an all-star game or, you know, we're never, I'm never attending any major league some, baseball. Some, I mean, there are people who use this as a PR ploy of like, oh, we're going to draft, we're drafting legislation to get the antitrust of major league baseball revoked. It's like, okay, like really, are we, are, are, this is why sports technically want to stay out of politics because they don't want to play these stupid games of like, like the, they're like literally they're kindergartners. Right, like, yeah. You took my ball, so I'm gonna take your ball. I'm gonna take your ball. Like, I, you hit me, so I hit you. Like, it's just like shut the hell up. Like, at the end of the day, it's very, it's very hypocritical, quite frankly, of any said politician to tell businesses 
it's their right to do whatever they want until they do something they don't like what they did. Yeah, right. Oh, freedom. Everyone's free to do whatever you want to do. Well, we don't want to play in your state because we don't like your rules. How dare you? Now we're going to like this. Just shut the hell up. Like, it's an all-star stop game. It. It's an all-star game. Right. Stop it. Just stop it. The Braves aren't leaving. The Braves aren't moving. They're not stopping baseball games there. It's an exhibition game. I understand there's fiscal and financial stuff that's behind it. The world of Atlanta will go on. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, because you know what? There's a lot of other cities in America this year who are not going to have an all-star game, and they'll be just fine. Just fine. Just fine. Um, so, do you also see, like, the, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I really want to get into this, but, like, um, like Mitt Romney had a uh, op-ed in, uh, was it the New York Times, about potentially banning the, boycotting the uh, Olympics and how that's not a good idea. And uh, I didn't uh, read his op-ed. I've heard the, the rumblings about the boycott. Yeah, uh, he was against it because it was saying that back in the day when you know they Jimmy Carter boycotted the Moscow Olympics in like what eighty I think 84, or eighty four eighty four um, that the fallout from that is still gigantic uh, and Romney was saying that he's like you can't you can't boycott it I mean think about the athletes who have uh, trained the, all this time, you're you're punishing them uh, for something that really won't have that much of an impact. So, anyway, it's I mean, just we went to Russia. It, we live in never in my in my opinion in my opinion never has sports and politics been more intertwined than it is right now. Well, in our lifetime, 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 right? Because. I've never, I've never seen it as intertwined as right now. But you know, you go back to Jesse Owens and all that. Yeah, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali and like Muhammad Ali. Yeah, right. The boycott right. of the Olympics, like that. I mean, we weren't, we weren't really around for that. Um, it's never been so. It, look, I, I think it's like anything in society. It ebbs and flows, right? It's just uh, you go extremes and then it like cools down for a while and it fires back up. And it's the same thing with the social yeah. justice thing. Like there was the race riots and then like like up oh, everything settles down. And then everyone's like, eyes come back on. Like it, it just ebbs and flows. But yeah, the the boycotting China to me, we went to Russia. Like, <laughs> is that much better? We're yeah, playing right. a World Cup in Qatar, where like they literally had tens of thousands of people die or something building the stadiums. Yeah, because it's yeah. yeah, it's all it's a it's just it's look can find reasons to boycott coming to america quite frankly like so uh, it's it's tough like i if people look, here's my thought on it if you're an athlete and you don't want to go to china and you want to take a stand go for it yeah right if you want that's your right go for it no that's fine or if, like i said to nba players like we're not going which they would never do by the way because of china and it's money mm-hmm. um yeah ask the rockets and the uh, yeah <laughs> uh I, I yeah I just it is it, it's it's an interesting time in our industry and it, it definitely it lends to the younger generation and that's I talked to a college the other day um, UMass Boston who we work with a lot and I was talking I was kind of talking about this I was like as a young person who wants to work in our business now it has evolved so much to the point where if you're passionate about this type of stuff there's probably a role for you in some capacity. Like our executive direct, we, our, our executive vice president of our foundation, Becca Sawalster is now head of diversity and social justice of the Boston Red Sox. Like this is a real thing. 
um, in terms of opportunities and jobs. Like you see diversity postings in, in, on Teamwork Online. They have the ability as the younger generation to come in and keep the conversation going. If they don't keep it going, it will die out, right? It's just, it's just natural. Like you get distracted and people move on with their lives. If you want to use sports for the power of making something better, and that's the reason you want to be in this business, there is that opportunity for you to go and seize that moment because it's still hot button. It's still hot topic. Athletes are, again, feeling confident speaking out. We, You talk about like ebbs and flows. Michael Jordan was always criticized because he never said anything, right? Never said anything. Yeah, right. And he said Republicans buy shoes too, and that was his like famous line. And I think if Michael Jordan's not talking because he's the head of sports, everyone else is like, well, like, I won't talk. But then you have LeBron who is big into it, who kind of gives the green light to everyone else to talk about it. Yeah, it's it's definitely changed. The athletes are more into it. The athletes, I also think, you know, this is old man Rob talking, like <laughs> social media has given them platforms, a rightful platform, right? I'm not criticizing the platform, but it has allowed LeBrons of the world to... Um, uh, to you know, be able to speak there to to influence more people. You know what's funny, and this, this is, I had this thought the other night because you just mentioned that is whenever somebody that's not in politics talks about politics, whether it be Delta in Georgia or LeBron, the visceral reaction for majority of people is shut up instead of politics, right? Yeah. Well then, who is allowed to talk about politics? <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, like who, like Hollywood, don't talk about politics. Sports, don't talk about politics. Coca Cola, don't talk about politics. Well, who is literally permitted to talk about politics? That like who can actually have an opinion on anything? The, who's the who's the rules on that? Like I, there who, is no rules. That's the beauty of what America is. You're allowed to have an opinion if you don't yeah. like said opinion. That's okay. That's okay. We can disagree. We can. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly. But, but like the, the whole like I don't want to hear of your opinion. Like no, like, whose opinion do you want to hear? Like then who yeah, do you just want, who do you want I, to tell you what you want to hear? I don't know. I, I always I hate talking politics. I do. It's, I am it's, not. It's bad. Uh, a it's politics bad. guy. No, it's bad because if if everything as you get older and you and I have at that point now, like you're not going to change the other person's mind. No, it is what it is. Like and... you can have a discussion, but the person's not going to change their mind. Like. Very rarely. I like, oh. never feel like it leads to anything positive, right? No, if your brother person you and I changed your mind. If you and I were, uh, again, you know, had different points of view, then you're just arguing. And then if we did have the same points of view and we were discussing about the things that needed to be changed, it just feels like you're complaining. Like, what am I? What am the I? People uh, who have the job of politician don't change their mind and that's what they do for a living they just yell at each other back and forth so joe and you and i off the street who are somewhat talking about it aren't gonna accomplish anything either so like it just goes round and round yeah i i um i don't know it just the way i kind of think through this is going back to what you said earlier if you do the right thing you're good Right and if in your mind is the right thing for the right reasons, you're good. Yeah, just do the right thing by others and do the right thing that works. You know, sometimes that works for you, right? Like, do the right, just do the right thing. Don't be a, you know, don't be a, don't be a Richard. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Richards, 
Um, you and I wanted to talk about a buzzword cliche. Yeah, let's switch subjects in this. Can we yeah, talk about this? Let's get into this. This is this is this is something that drives me crazy. Sports jobs, sports. So we're gonna switch from politics. Thank God, because I hate it. It makes me uncomfortable, and I don't really want to talk about it. Yeah, no, I agree. Let's let's get to something really more topical, and because we've seen so. Well, many the other ones. one's very topical. Yeah, no, I mean like for this podcast, we, we're we're not gonna be ever. We're never going to end the up on sport, CNN. not the sports. Politics we're not on CNN. Podcast. We're not on CNN analysts anytime soon. Yeah, thank um, God. So the word strategy is a very broad term, right? Some similar to marketing. You'd put it, you'd put them two up there. Like I want to work in marketing or I want to work in strategy. I take, I take strategy. Marketing's a department. There's not a strategy department. Well, we have one. <laughs> More unique <laughs> business strategy. But regardless, irregardless. It's a very, very open-ended term to say that's what you want to do because everybody in every role has hey, some have, form of strategy. Have you, have you talked to people and they say, all right, what young people, uh, you know, people coming out of college, what do you want to do? I want to work in, like, I want to be part of a, the strategic vision of the organization and, you know, help build this business help build the business i'll just stop there what does that mean the fuck does that what the what the what the hell does that mean yeah. what okay what job is that but i want to i've heard this too many i've heard it too many times i don't know what do you want to do all right i've got a corporate partnership uh services position no it doesn't really fulfill my need of building strategy okay what would do that um i you know we got a hr position uh entry-level hr position you're filling out paperwork to help um you know uh put in part-time employees no that's not the strategic do you want my job do you want my i've been in this 15 years 20 years whatever the hell that the number is you're telling me that you're just going to come in and say, I'm going to talk about how we build. I, I just, it is a buzzword that drives You're essentially saying you want to be the president of the fucking team. Fucking crazy. You're saying you want to be the president of the team. Did I say team. that out loud? Yeah, you did. And it's right because you're essentially saying you want to be the COO or the CEO. That's who's right. responsible for the strategy of the organization. They said strategy. They say this is... Uh, the sales strategy that we want to place. This is the marketing strategy. This is the social justice. This is the uh, community strategy that we want to put in place. This is the financial strategy that we want to put in place. Now let's go accomplish that. Correct. I sure as shit don't know of a person who comes out of college that says, "I hey, look, I got my degree. That says, I'm going to change your business strategy. I'm going to be on your, I'm going to build the strategy of your business. You need to learn how to tie your damn shoes first. And then (laughs) you can go and build the strategy of this multi-million dollar entity that you're about to come in. If you want to run strategy, start your own business, right? You can, you can, you you can do that. Start your own business. You know, be part of the strategic vision of so-and-so Inc. But do not come into me and say, 
we need to build a. I, I want to be part of the 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 building the sales strategy or the whatever strategy. So you want to be the vice president of sales? God damn it! Does that drive me crazy? It's like no. Learn. You can't be part of the strategy unless you know how the business works. Once you understand how the business works, then you can say, well, I've seen it work this way, and I think strategically, if we made XYZ adjustments, we could grow it in this way. Okay, now you've got a point. But for you to come into my office or on my little Zoom call and say, uh, I'm going to change your business strategy when you can't even fucking spell strategy... <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. I think I'm going to lose my mind I think because we, you don't know what it even means to pick up a phone or to sell a ticket or to sell a sponsorship or to walk into somebody's office and shake their hand and do this business. And you're going to tell me about strategy. I found, I found, I found uh, Rob's uh, kryptonite. <laughs> God, I hate that word. Did you, I, ha- did, I, did you have a recent interview that said... The word strategy one too many uh, times. May, maybe. <laughs> or maybe this has just been boiling up inside no, me for I, so long. I completely agree. Like, what do you... You're asking to be... Again, you're asking to be a chief. So, you know who said strategy? The CMO. The CEO. The, ch- the COO. The CBO. The CRO. They set the strategy. You know who has input into said strategy? The people below them who help come, come up and devise it. Right. The person then at the top then says yes or no to said strategy and presents it to the CEO and says, this is what we're going to do. Here, we, we change strategy in ticket sales. So I think, say, so. do you think people have a delineation and have a tough time separating it from strategy from like analy- anal- analysis and analytics and data? I because, don't I, 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 because I, no, like, I think that sometimes people come out, not everybody, not everybody. This is not a blanket statement. But the people who do this drive me. That just is like nails on. But where do you think they find that? Where do you think they get that direction from? Who's because they talk? In my opinion, this is where colleges could adjust. Right? Is the what is taught is this like overarching? You know, uh, you know, this is the way that the business is run, and they're trying to teach them this overarching big thing. Right? I would rather have, you know, there's, I guess understanding all that is important, but it's also like, well, then it's built this way. I feel like you get the shell of it, right? The shell of what a sports business entity looks like, no matter if it's a team or not. But they never understand where the foundation is made or where the, how the columns are built of that. And they're only looking at the pretty out the outside shell and the people who are educated by that. Um, think that that is the business. It's only strategic conversations. That is a piece of it. But I think the way that you can build and be part of that strategy is understanding the fundamentals of the business and then saying, we got to change. Example. Okay? I'm going to give you a real-life Worcester Red Sox example of a strategic change. Okay? Got it. COVID has been a pain in the ass. Okay? We have a ticket sales team who has to go and sell tickets in a pandemic in a ballpark that has never opened or been built. Okay? Yep. Yep. Traditionally, 
how, this is uh, traditionally, you would pick up your phone and you would call said business and you would say, hello, said business, would you like to buy tickets? I can make that happen, okay? And there's a million different training methods on how to make that call. We'd like for your business to come out from a group or a season ticket to come out and buy tickets, okay? During the pandemic, we realized that when you're calling, you're calling into the abyss. There's nobody right. to call. Right. Right? So during our ticket sales get-togethers, during our ticket meetings, I hear all the time, you know, how's, well, you know, we talk about the week. What's going on with your week? What's going on with your week? And they say, you know, I'm leaving a ton of messages. You know, I'm reaching out, but leaving a ton of messages, sending a bunch of emails, uh, that, you know, and we are not getting anywhere. And I guess for me, who knows, I guess for me, I hear that and I go, well, there's got to be a different way, right? Like this isn't, you hear it enough, you got to be understanding. And right, we're in the middle of a pandemic, you're not really understanding what was going on at the time. Yep. And then we just said, all right, guys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to change this. I don't want you to touch a phone, which is like anti any typical ticket sales thing. Yep. I don't want you to touch a phone. We're going to implement, I want you to all sign up for LinkedIn Premium, and I want you all to make sure that this is in your, um, this is in your profiles. Um, and then we're going to, uh, then we implemented a strategy, a strategy of LinkedIn messages, followed up by emails, followed it up by um, uh, 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 handwritten, uh, no, we didn't take the handwritten notes out of it because we didn't, no one's in the office. Uh, but basically, it was a LinkedIn premium messaging and email um, strategy. And then for groups, we actually creating professional Facebook pages that we can then reach out to the uh, local little leagues through this. They might not have websites or anything. They don't have phone numbers, but we can, they all have freaking Facebook pages forever. Now right. we have professional Facebook pages that we can get in. That was a, that was a sales strategy a that we put in. Shift. A seismic shift on how we reached out to our customers because we weren't, we hit a wall, right? And the pandemic caused that wall. And that is a strategy that can then go be implemented. And we sold out of season tickets, right? Where we've got a group list that's through the roof, right? Like those things are the, that's a strategy. That's a strategy change. Uh, yeah. And, um, but that doesn't come but from if the, you don't know. Huh? That didn't come from the intern? <laughs> <laughs> that, that did not come from the first year person telling me that comes in saying, you know, starts using that word. What it comes from, though, is that person in saying, hey, this ain't working. Or, or just telling what's going on. I'm and just, it's like. I'm just honestly, I'm playing, I'm playing this out in my head. Can we just play this? This is, this is hypothetically, let's just hypothetical this out. Said person comes to Rob and says, I want to work in strategy. I'll lose my <laughs> freaking no. mind. And you go, you know what? You're yes. hired. You're hired. <laughs> you're hired. You're, you're, you're now, you're, you're in a department of one. You're the head of strategy. Everyone's going to come to you who needs a strategy for how to do something. Is that the role you're looking for? Like, what job are you looking for? Like, right? Like, how does it work? How does it work? Yeah, I, I don't how understand how it work? works. Like, what job is that where I'm like, all right. So what do you the group do? Sales on department when? needs a strategic like help here. You're gonna prov provide it to them. PR is like, you know what? We're really not getting the PR measure. 
you're just a guru for everybody at the age oh, you, of 22? You, you, like, who are the people that you climb? You're like a monk. You climb up to the mount, the Himalayan mountains, and uh, and you climb up to them and say, "Oh dear, strategy master, please show me the way. Strategically, teach me." It's the CEO's job. That's literally you want to be the CEO. Like that's the CEO's job. Every department goes to the CEO. Hum, here, sir, I shall teach you the ways. I am the master. No. It's like you need a Miyagi. Again, like, what? <laughs> Next person that calls you, you should tell them, no, we have this new job. It's head of strategy. Head of strategy. <laughs> Here's your day-to-day responsibilities. Be very strategic. <laughs> what do you do Wednesdays at 2 o'clock? You set the strategy. <laughs> like, and then... And then, after you set that strategy, you tweak that strategy, and then you implement that strategy. If the strategy's yeah. not working, you rewrite the strategy. I'm gonna blow my brains out. I, I can't mean, what's handle that this job. What is that job? I can't. I can't handle it. It's called it. CEO or owner. That's what it's called. That's literally what it's called. I, I can't. I can't handle it. I think though, if you want to come up with a different word. You might be right. There might be synonyms for like strategy and analytics. So that, that's a complete. But that's different. But that's different. A different thing. I, if that's what you're trying to accomplish. Okay, here's the thing. If that's what you're looking for and you're talking to Rob, don't say strategy. Talk about business analytics. If you want to be, if you want to work in business analytics, that is a real thing. If you were to say Rob Crane, I can make you smarter, which is not very hard to do. Um, if I can say I can make you smarter because I think that I can take the information that you've got from all of your season ticket holders or uh, uh, you know everything that you have and provide you information that would then set the strategy of the team from a revenue standpoint. I would be like, okay, teach, shh, tell me more. Yeah, That's but just don't come in here and you're gonna set the <laughs> the the, the uh, you're gonna change the strategic vision of uh, of what the hell we're doing are you kidding me i don't want to know i still want to know what that job is like what do you do every day once you set the strategy what do you do after that like what's, are you done is, is it like one is it like a finish line it's like all right strategy set thank you very much you take, do you take do you take laps you know what else you know what else i cannot stand that i hear like that it's just people are like oh we're working on the five-year plan five-year plan you can't even a five-day plan. What are you talking about five years? You, you don't know what five, five years? You know how long five years is? How the hell do you have a five-year <laughs> plan? You think in 2015, be like, you know what? There's a pandemic coming, guys. <laughs> like, what are you talking about five-year plan? mentions five-year plan. I'm like, get the hell away from me. There's no five-year plan. Let's. How about we talk about the quarter by quarter? Can we get through the first quarter and talk about yeah, five years? I'm trying years? to figure out this season. Well, we, do we envision in five years? The shit, the technology is going to change in two hours, let alone five years. <laughs> so you have a five-year plan. That's, so what the, that's what you should hire. That's what you tell them. We're hiring you. You're going to write our 10-year plan. I want, I want a strategic vision for the next 10 years. Come on in and write it for me. Tell me what the Woo Sox look like 10 years from now. Because if you told the Paw Sox four years ago they'd be playing in Worcester, you would be like, really, what? Like, I don't know. Like, Yeah, Matt, go back and... Uh, talk to Mike Tamburo in 2010. Mike Tamburo, longtime president of the uh, Pawtucket Red Sox for 45 years. And say, like, all right, 2010, I'm going to tell you, Mike, in 2010, 
we're going to be moving this team to Worcester, Massachusetts. He would just laugh. Right, like, he would like, just laugh. Oh, yeah, 10 years. Okay, sounds yeah, good. Yeah, you psychopath. Five-year plans. Get the hell out of my office. Five-year plans. Anyway. So strategic um, strategic, strategic roles exist in certain capacities, but not as that is your entry-level job to come in and set the strategy for the whole entire organization. I feel so, like the, saying you set this, uh, <clears throat> you want to, uh, I got it. The word is going to be in my, burnt in my brain. Like, that's almost saying, like, I like sports. Yeah, yeah. I, li- I like sports. It's just, I a like la- it's just a lazy, it's a, la- it, again. It's a lazy answer. Ex- but if you were to tell me, I can provide you. If someone were to tell me this, I've always wondered this. And that, 18, 19, however many years I've been doing this in minor league baseball. I've always wondered this. How we set game times blows my mind. How we set game times is, what do you think? You like seven? You think people get here that'll give enough time to get here? Oh, but it's going to be late. Maybe people will leave. Um, oh, maybe it should be 6.30. What do you think? Do you like 6.30? Oh, I like getting home a little bit early. What about 6? Do you like 6? Oh, maybe we should do it at 1 or one thirty on Sundays. What do you think about... You want data. If you were to say, okay, here is some information that if you were to say you would make X amount of more money if you started at Y time, and you told me that, that would tra- change the strategic vision of the of the team because of the information that you provided. But you didn't just set it. You had to be able to do work and understand and provide value. Going back to one of our buzzwords from you know episode one is pro- how are you going to provide value? Don't tell me you're going to set the freaking the strategy, strategy of the, <laughs> of, the uh, 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 of the of the team. Are you fucking? Are you nuts? How's your vaccine going? Um, Amy got her first shot today. Oh, she did. Same, yep, she got it today. Same system. I'm actually. That's why I'm. I got an alert that there was some eligible, and Fi- they're, they're uh, gone already. So Pfizer. Uh, Amy got Pfizer today, and I get my second shot a week from today. Yeah, I just checked. There's nothing. Everything fully booked. Yeah, she was hounding for a spot, but she got one. Did she? What, did she get it at midnight? Like, what, what was her secret sauce? Of always checking, like uh, different times, and yeah, I signed up for this Twitter bot that like has a connection to like CVS's and everything in the state of Massachusetts, where it'll tell you like when they do a dump. It's like and people just like they run in and start booking them. And you gotta be. I've just honestly just been so busy and tied up. I haven't made it a priority to to do it, but I need to do it. I keep getting these alerts. That's why I'm looking at my phone right now. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. No. Well, ooh, look at this thing. And I don't know. All right. Well, I've talked enough about strategy. I've we've. Uh, it was good to have you back at the ballpark, right? It was. Um. Uh, the world is coming back on. It feels normal again. I think it's time to go though. I, I'm I, words. Words are. I'm having. I'm, I'm struggling with words tonight. Acupuncture. Acupuncture. I, I go tomorrow. Well, that's why you had me just yell in I, the yeah, microphone. I am struggling the with the word. Like I'm looking for words and they're not coming out. So I think that's when we hit the end button. Yeah, uh, time to go. But um, I'll talk to you later. Um, Later. See ya. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. 
Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.